swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and store some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of old scrolls simon's quest the drone earl rock shoes to air clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. <laughs> Lose control issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We put up gameplay videos every so often and go to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. Let's kick it off. Hell yeah. Let's rock and roll. A dub. Let's jump right into this. Wait, one. How are you doing? You doing good? You living? Hanging in there, cleaning up, losing weight. <laughs> so it's a good it's a good thing staying at home i i have a lot more like just open space to be able to apply greater discipline toward what i do on a daily basis you know keep better control over what i'm eating how often i'm working out so i'm making the most of our time at home how about yourself yeah same here um just being at home makes you a little more aware of your surroundings in a way because you kind of before I get home from work and it's just like, I want to relax. And then, so I just immediately chill out. Don't really think about much about my surroundings other than what I need to do to just make me feel good. But yeah, now being home more, <laughs> being home every day, all day, um, you're kind of more aware of like the setup, that more ideal setup. And then also just like where things are, because things are constantly moving around while I'm gone. And then I have to relearn things, but now I'm here to see it happen. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I, oh, that's, that's over there now. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I get to see things actually get moved somewhere as opposed to just discover that it's no longer where I thought it was. So a hey, dub with that, let's get right into it. So you don't, where you don't have to ask those like sitcom dad questions like where is the spatula yeah <laughs> i know it was here last time i saw it yeah <laughs> oh man so what have you been playing Adam? well i completed void bastards which was a fantastic experience i reached a point where I understood the game's mechanics and just got enough equipment, upgraded it enough to where I was surviving long stretches of the game, eventually just builds up enough resources to construct the the final components of the last item I needed to see the credits, built it, called it a day. Now I can just jump back in that game whenever I feel like it. I also purchased the $5 tidy DLC, which adds like another faction of ships in there a new weapon and some other new stuff. So, you know, dicked around in that for a little bit, then played a little divinity Two, 
moved it forward a bit, did a couple, a couple of key encounters. And then I felt like, you know what, maybe it's time to boot up Bioshock. So been playing that since yesterday, put in a great deal of time into it. It's even greater than I remembered it being. I always held it in my mind as a great game. I remember having just wonderful, groundbreaking experiences with it. I played it when it first came out on Xbox 360 back in like 07. I can't even believe it's been over a decade since the original Bioshock came out. And then, yeah, they had the collection up on the on PS Plus. So I had that downloaded, figured it'd be time to dive in. So I'm in there having a tough time at the outset, but it's coming back to me. I'm getting used to the gameplay loop. I'm finding the little, the ways that you need to operate maneuver in order to overcome the enemies. And then I start getting like extra plasmid slots. I start getting, you know, plasmids that are more useful. I'm getting more used to the controls. So I feel like the time since the first go round with the game has, you know, given me some ability to think about it, get my skills together, get my general gaming approach together. So I'm like, I'm appreciating it more than I did back then. Back then it was more of a spectacular, like mesmerizing wow moment. And I was really caught up in the, the overall just style and atmosphere of the game whereas now even though that's still there i can play it as a game and actually understand its systems and poke around and you know make it work for me i'm getting upgrades now you know upgraded upgraded my machine gun so i took off most of the recoil off now i'm not missing 60 percent of my shots i'm getting a tight little group on a torso just drilling so you know being more economic with my ammo uh, you know, man, hacking everything, trying to figure out the proper combination of plasmids. I'm getting way more into the camera than I was when I first played the game. So with the camera, you get it a little early in the game. And what it does is as you take pictures of the enemies, you're accumulating research. And as your research meter fills up, then you get special bonuses such as you do greater amounts of damage to that particular enemy. Sometimes you get plasmids and improved plasmids. So I'm really trying to lean into that and it's paying off big. It's helping me be tougher and have greater survivability while I'm making my way through the halls and corridors of Rapture. And it's overall, it's a fantastic experience. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to blowing through the whole franchise. It's going to be very interesting to see Bioshock 2 and especially 3 since that's more recent and it gets a little wilder with the, the world of Columbia. So, yeah, I'm really pumped for all that. Yeah, but AMC. Uh, oh. Real quick question. Um, so, yeah, it's been about, it's been over a decade actually since the first one came out. How does it, how does the gameplay hold up? There are little things that I find annoying just with the melee combat itself, I feel like you might be able to block attacks, but I've, it less often than not, the way that I think that you're supposed to do it does not, uh, more often than not, the way I think you should do it doesn't work. So it really comes down to the guns, even though they have cool 
upgrades to help you wield the wrench better. But I, I just feel like it's a little, it could be better at allowing me to evade enemy attacks. At the same token, I think you also need to make better use of your plasmids, be tighter with your aim, and really use the environment to your advantage, which is very much possible. So, you know, it, it, it's just simple things. There's no sprint. Uh, I don't like the crouch is on the left stick instead of circle. I don't know what game I played where circle felt like the best thing, but ever since I did that, it's very hard to not press circle to crouch and uncrouch, which is unfortunate because that's the same button as the first aid kit, which restores your health. Usually limited supply of those unless you want to spend your money to go buy. However, it's when you're trying to uncrouch and you burn a first aid, <laughs> a first aid kit and like you have two, you're like, oh, it's, yeah. it's the worst. It's the worst feeling. Like I feel like they should have some kind of the system should recognize when you're at full health and not let you consume a first aid. Right? You think that would be baked into the system. Same with the, um, the, when you replenish your plasmid, the hypodermic needle for that. So yeah, there's all kinds of little things I can think of, but overall it doesn't do much to really take away from the overall experience. It's still a fantastic game. You just have to learn how to work around those quirks. And yes. one of the other things that bothers me, which I'm <laughs> working around is that without the aim assist on, like you better be precise or you're just going to miss. So it's making me better with aiming in first person, but at the same token, like there are situations where if one shot was on that just grazed the shoulder, it would have been fine, but instead you die, you wasted stuff. Yeah. But right, AMC, yeah, so, what have you been playing? Yes, as the airplane drives by. Um, I have actually, I've been playing a little bit of Octopath Traveler, I've been playing a little bit of Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Octopath Traveler, pushing Oh, the mansion's back. Yeah, oh, the mansion is definitely back. Um, but yeah, real quick, Octopath Traveler, pushing forward. Uh, in the chapter fours, uh, which is the final, what seems to be the final chapters of all the characters, which means the game will be coming to a close, but it's like eight characters. So it's basically four chapters, four chapters I have to basically play out. So it's going to take a little bit, but um, I'm enjoying this last bit of the game and the gameplay is really coming together in a way that I just absolutely love. Um, there it is. Next game I've been playing, Luigi's Mansion. I hopped in there. When I last left off, I believe I was on the 15th floor, which is the final floor. So at this point, uh, we pushed through, fought the manager, fought King Boo, and I beat Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was awesome. Damn. Um, yeah. Um, Co-op? Yeah, co-op. So Marissa and I, we handled business. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and they, they worked it in really well, the co-op, for um, the boss battles. Because at one point, you have to control Guiji while also keeping Luigi al alive. So I'm not sure how it would work if you're playing single player. Maybe they change it up a little bit. But So Marissa's sitting there solving puzzles like 
under underneath the uh, the floor. She had to go through a vent, and only Guiji can go through the vents. She slips through the vent, goes under the floor, and she's flipping these switches in order to get me to move around in order to be able to attack the manager, who's the boss. So, like, I'm just trying to live while she's flipping the switch so that it'll um, make her vulnerable for then me to get off an attack and try to suck her up in my vacuum. And it took a, it took a minute to figure it out, but once we got it there down, it, is. it was like clockwork. Uh, after that, you go, you push more forward, then you end up fighting King Boo, and yeah, that was a tough battle. Um, so in the game, you have an option uh, when you they have a, basically a marketplace within the game, and you collect uh, all this money and gold from just sucking up shit, um, and you can go there and you can spend that <laughs> money, which like we've barely spent any money actually in the game. It was just we collected gold for the sake of collecting gold because it was fun, but um, we did spend the money on these gold dog bones and what happens with the gold dog bones is you can carry up to three and if you die then ghost dog will appear bring you back to life and then you get to ghost dog yeah the homie ghost dog uh i guess he's a returning character from the previous luigi's mentions um but yeah so he he shows up um and he'll bring you back and you continue the fight and what was tough with king boo is when you go to fight him, there's literally a uh, countdown. <laughs> so you have to beat him within four minutes, and he is fucking tough. And uh, with the help of Marissa, it was still... I, I believe we died three times in the fight. Uh, so basically, we had to use three golden dog bones in order to eventually beat him. So it was uh, it was pretty tough. So we beat him in technically one try because we didn't have to do continues, but I mean, those do- gold dog bones were pretty much cheats as far as I'm concerned because we would have died three times straight up and had to restart the fight from the beginning. Um, so yeah. yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, we beat <laughs> uh, We are gonna go back into it though because they had... Um, they have hidden gems that you can find throughout each level. There's five on each level. And uh, we tried to find them all naturally, just like on our own, uh, just on the strength of intuition and uh, and mm-hmm. intelligence. But uh, we obviously didn't find them all. And so one of the options in the, uh, the store, in the marketplace, the store, is that you can um, buy this thing that, I guess, um, vibrates your controller when you're in the vicinity of a gym so then you know all right start searching every like just searching every nook and cranny interact like trying to interact with all the items or getting all the items to interact with each other in order to get this gym revealed and so we're going to go back get all those gyms and um fight off they as you beat each level a boo appears and you can go back and actually fight a boo there so we're going to do that on top of getting all the gyms so there's a little bit more of um beating the game as i say licking the plate clean if the game is worth it it's always worth it to go back and lick that plate clean so we're gonna do that before we move on to the next game thinking uh oh you're gonna say what does nintendo call their achievements i think they just call them achievements but uh i'd have to see it's either achievements or challenge like it pops up in the uh top screen like oh like you completed this uh challenge or you got this achievement but i'm not sure if like they have a specific name like like you know like trophies i was thinking like yeah like xbox has achievements nintendo i mean uh sony has trophies i was thinking nintendo would have some silly like accomplishments yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah so there's, there's definitely an acknowledgement i just never really paid attention enough to see what they actually were because i believe in um 
at least on Nintendo online, they don't they don't really show like your your stats like how they do with like uh, Xbox and with uh, PlayStation. So um, I kind of just like I get it, and I'm like, oh, cool, that's a thing I did. But it's not it's not as much of a bragging right situation. It's more of a something that just happens from playing the game. Uh, so yeah, um, so I'm thinking about pushing. We're gonna see. I'm gonna try to get Marissa to try out Cuphead, but from what everything I've read from even like season oh. gamers. Cuphead is supposed to be really tough, so it'll probably end up being more. Yeah, but that—that uh, that may be what she's waiting for. Yeah, that, that little bit of difficulty. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, she could definitely push it to the next level. Push it to the limit. Um, yeah, I could see. I could. I could see her maybe enjoying that. But if she doesn't, then uh, Orient or Blind Forest will be the next game we end up playing. Oh, and we got Golf Story. Uh, so actually, you know, like, Golf Story might be the game. See. <laughs> Does that have co-op or golf story? Anything like that? No, we'd probably end up like trading off on holes or something like that, like in golf story. If that's how we were going to do it, <laughs> like you got Man, this hole, I, I got the next hole. <laughs> um, yeah, because they just put out a uh, sports mm-hmm. story, so they they got the sequel to golf story out there. <laughs> sports story. Yeah, just, just go through sports. life playing football. It just all the sports. You got like a basketball, then you got a football, then you got a lacrosse stick. <laughs> got a tennis ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with that, A-Dub, let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Week. A-Dub, what you week. got from, from, from PlayStation <laughs> with that state of play? Well... With that state of play, we retreated to quite a meaty portion of an upcoming PlayStation exclusive this week. We got to see 18 minutes of gameplay from Ghost of Tsushima. Now, AMC, I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch it, but I made myself watch it. I was hoping it would be exactly the way that they presented it. It was more of like a, a tour of the game, a showcase of the mechanics and just the basic systems that we'll be engaging with come July. You know, I didn't want to see some dude playing missions and just doing that thing and completely blowing the lid off of what the gameplay is going to be like, you know, in the full experience. But what we saw was fantastic. That lush, beautiful, colorful world of the Island of Tsushima and you got your boy Jin, the main character. He's the samurai. He's going to be learning ninja techniques in order to more effectively fight off the Mongol invasion. You got a horse. And yeah, man, you're getting your Breath of the Wild on. You're getting your Red Dead 2 on. And the game, the first thing you notice is that there's not really anything that can be considered a heads-up display element. So there's no compass, there's no mini map, there's no ammo counters and you know special resource and things of that nature. It's completely clean screen. You're moving around, things pop up dynamically according to what you're doing or what you're collecting. You you don't see waypoints or icons on the screen at all. If you're near an object of interest, it'll give you a little shimmer. You go over there, you get a little prompt telling you what to press in order to interact with it. When you see people, when you get closer to them, you see a little prompt. And they've even found more inventive and organic ways in order to make their HUD 
free of elements while still communicating as much information as possible to the gamer. One of those is using the wildlife itself to help guide you to secrets and, you know, areas of interest. So for instance, your character's riding down a path on its horse and suddenly a yellow bird flies out and is next to him just flying matching his speed and if you follow the bird it'll take you to something next thing you know you see a fox you follow the fox it'll take you to something so yeah instead of looking for like an illuminated line on the ground or a or a big arrow pointing at exactly what you need to head toward. You need to be more observant of your environment. You got to be more inquisitive and follow these things. See what you can find. AMC, what else did you notice about the game? Uh, yeah, so I just wrote down pretty much all the sections. So let's just stick with the, because um, pretty much you covered most of it. Let's stick with exploration. So yeah, I... Um, I really enjoyed that idea of how they said you're looking for just land markers. So it's like, oh, there's a there's some smoke rising from the the hills in the distance. I'm ahead to those hills to that smoke pile and see what's going on over there. There's a fox and it's like kind of guiding me. I'm gonna follow this fox and see where it goes. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that uh, interaction with the world as opposed to just like a just an indicator like oh there's a, a thing happening uh i did enjoy seeing also that there's going to be somewhat like random events uh, i believe he was riding at one point and you see like this bear attacking these people and he just kept riding along <laughs> so uh, he was like nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there'll be things like that that will be fun to interact with and see um how those things played out yeah just um real quickly like what you were saying they showed just enough i felt which is perfect because it's like you see the bear attacking those people and they could have shown us how that like how that interaction would play out and maybe if something would uh unfold from there but instead they decided to keep writing because it's now up to you to then when you see that go in and play they is it was it's what you call a tease and i thought they did that perfectly um other like the world itself just looked beautiful i'm already kind of setting myself up to kind of embrace the serene of this game as far as the serenity uh as far as like not having a ton of noise um it'll just be the sound of the wild and maybe some music going on and the game will be quite like in quotes in a way where there's not like i'm not riding around with my pit boy that's keeping me occupied with news and music and mm -hmm. things like that i'm not controlling a radio station in a car it's just me and the horse and i'm just moving about and um I'm, I'm getting, yeah and i think that plays very much into the tone of this game and the world that they've set up with just riding through feudal japan and just enjoying the landscape and um really get, getting to take all that in uh the horse is cool all that stuff was good um and let's get into the next part that they showed which is the combat so a dub what did you think of uh the combat that they showed in this game i it's it's very easy to see what they displayed and kind of not get what's going on i see a lot of comments online where people think the combat is very basic or easy looking or slow pace whereas if you followed along with the game and kept up with the information you understand that at its core it has the same like blocking and parrying and swiping gameplay that is the foundation of a basic combat system but at the same token they also have 
the instant kill system, which allows you to time your enemy's attacks and execute a single hit kill. So in the combat session with the samurai, a lot of the time, or at least in the very beginning until he got to the group battle, he was using the timing-based attack in order to dispatch those enemies one hit at a time. And in order to do that, you have to hold down the triangle button and let go right before your enemy attacks or right at the same time, something of that nature. So that looked cool. I did, I, I liked how you're able to deflect arrows. You're able to, I mean, just the way that they materialize the combat in that when you hit somebody, you know, you hit somebody, there's blood flying everywhere. They're going to have some kind of scar or physical physical change to their bodies that reflects the damage you've done and when you finally execute a kill you, you might lop off a piece of their armor or a piece of an arm you might cut a head off you might <laughs> like things will happen you're you'll know how effective you are in combat and beyond that they went on to then show the ninja side because you will be able to choose between those two where it's more about stealth, creeping, you know, climbing over walls, taking people by surprise, getting your assassinations, which you can do individually or you can chain them together with other ones. And that's also a timing-based system that they've developed. Uh, further, the ninja will be using tools and other kinds of like supplementary weaponry in order to help them progress when taking down the mongols so he's in an encampment your goal is to get to a ship that's carrying gunpowder and you're gonna blow it up on the way there you're pulling off assassinations you're pulling out your bow and arrow you're hitting dudes in the head it's a little exaggerated the reactions from shooting dudes with the arrows so that'll probably end up as some memes or at least just something funny within the community at the same time, you have smoke bombs, which immediately obscure the view of the enemy on you. So if somebody's got you in a tough spot, you drop the smoke bomb, bam, you're back and still pull off another assassination. You got the grappling hook that's going to let you stay on the high ground, stay out of sight. Then you get to the end of the mission itself. You're doing the same old stuff. You're arming the explosive. You're walking away. Michael Bayonet explosion in the background. It's excellent stuff. Uh, some things that you might catch if you pay close attention, one of which being apparently you have different stances that you can execute in the game. I'm guessing you learn these. I've seen things like the water stance or the stone stance. believe this might have an effect on the way that you conduct yourself in combat. Who knows? It might be a style that's more accustomed to parrying or a style that might be more accustomed to counterattacks or a style more accustomed to dodging or, you know, stronger, more precise attacks. Who knows? We'll see once we get more information, but there's other things they've shown us. There's still a lot they haven't shown us. So Ghost of Tsushima still has some secrets to convey. Yeah. Uh, the combat looked, looked great to me. Um, obviously, they didn't show all of it, and the person who was, who was playing it clearly seemed to be skilled with it because they were trying to showcase the instant kills. Um, 
the the comment that you made earlier about the bow thing like i did think it was funny when the guy got hit and like flew back like jumped back in the air like almost like he'd been shot with like a, a shotgun at point blank range but what i what i took from that is like in that i, I get like the game is quote-unquote real combat only because you compare it to other games where you have a health bar and you're just hitting them as many times as it takes in order for that health to down. Away. Yeah, and so because of that, it kind of gets this feel that like, oh, this is real combat. But I, I look at it more of it's like movie combat. And in movies, the hero often is going to take out a person with one shot with like a sword swipe. But then also you might shoot somebody with an arrow and they might go flying back. <laughs> and that's like, and this movie, <laughs> they, they, they get into it and we'll get into it uh, later with like the whole customizations and everything, but they really play into the aspect of, uh, of movies. Uh, they really want to uh, bring that into the game so that you can really have that work into your play style and also into the aesthetic of the game that you're playing. Uh, the way you're playing and how it looks. And so, yeah, like I, I felt like all of that went into the fact that like it's really taking all these tropes from movies and working them from samurai movies and working them into this game. And so, yeah, I thought it was like, I thought it was cool. Um, I do love the fact that there are instant kills. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how those work and how they play out. There are, there are certain things like I saw, like when he got a kill that like he had this, so there are these like yellow uh, circles or orbs in the corner of the screen and he got off like one, uh, I believe it was a uh, stealth kill and like that meter started to fill up a little bit. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. They obviously didn't show that. Um, and yeah, as you said, like with the stances, um, I, I'm curious to see if that plays into also how you're parrying and how you're defending versus how you're attacking. Uh, but uh, all that, all that like just lets me know that there's a lot more to this combat system than was shown. They really just wanted to really be stylistic with it to show what it can look like in say god mode in this game from like slicing up dudes uh cutting up or deflecting arrows to then breaking out your own bow and getting a headshot on the guy and then like taking down an entire encampment oh uh, what i did like about the stealth is that I'm not a big stealth uh, game player. Like, I never really got into, like, the siphon filters. And I played, like, Metal Gear. But, like, you know, stealth isn't my favorite gameplay aspect. But I do enjoy it in games. And so it looked like in this game, the stealth was right where I needed it to be. Where it didn't seem like it was going to get in the way of the pace of the game. But it was going to be also something where I can't just run in and then... Uh, alarm the entire encampment like i i still need to be smart about it but i can move around like a ninja and get off my attacks without having to be super worried about like immediately like failing a mission or being spotted just just by like just stepping out of the murder grass <laughs> as you'll say so yeah um i'm, I'm looking yeah, forward to it. i'm very glad that we've reached a point where you don't insta fail a stealth mission or alert an entire base that was yeah. the most annoying period of stealth evolution in gaming and then uh like going back to exploration real quick like i did like that they showed like there's going to be all types of like nooks and crannies like you can explore like in between the cracks of like walls to like go inside like a mountain cave to then like uncover like this like um enclosure with all like items that you can then like scavenge and take and like bring to wherever um so yeah there's just well, my favorite among the exploration items my favorite was that you know you aren't gonna 
completely be a rudderless ship with the absence of a mini map. You still have the traditional map in the menu that has like the highlights and the places of interest. And what you do is you set a waypoint on that map so that when you go back into the game itself, it gives you this guiding wind that blows in the direction of wherever you've set that waypoint. So while you don't have a, a neon orange line on the ground or you don't have like a trail of breadcrumbs and that kind of stuff, you do have the wind, which is blowing your fabric. And all you gotta, you could push the button, it'll give you a strong gust that shows like the, the starry night <laughs> looking like eddies and things like that. And you can get where you're going. At the same token, once you've reached a destination, it becomes available for fast travel. The game will have fast travel. So it's still carrying the it's still carrying the same function as a modern open world game, but it's doing it in a very new and organic manner. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last part that they really covered was customization. And um, I thought this part was cool because it's not just um, just cosmetic. They actually will play into your play style. So it's, in essence, like uh, customizing your character plays into your combat, um, which is cool because it's, uh, it's not just something like, how does my character look? Oh, he's, he's dope. He's on fleek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, I did like hearing about that. And they show plenty of different like style of um, outfits that you can have on, which is cool. You can have like the mask look more like a, like a, a ninja, or you can look more like, like just like more um i guess simple with like just a kimono um and then just very colorful also on top of that uh yeah what did you think about the uh the cosmetics or the customizations if i can find some way to look like juve from uh what is that ninja scroll then i will be incredibly thrilled because all i need is that that hat with the tattered edges, oh man, it's gonna be so good. Get that, uh, what is it? Dang, it's like a moss green kimono. Mobbing, got my horse, got my sword. Who knows, I mean, I'm gonna check it out and see what other kind, like what the benefits of having the different outfits on are, and maybe that'll dictate what my look will ultimately be. I also like that you can gather resources and change the colors of your equipment. It also seems like perhaps you'll have some kind of control over whether you have the same thing on either shoulder or if you have one shoulder that has an armor pad and one that doesn't. Uh, it looks like you get different scabbards for your sword. At one point when he had on the white kimono with the red pants, he had like a Chinese broadsword scabbard, which looked interesting. I wouldn't do that personally, but it's nice to know that the option is there. And speaking of options and customization, I mean, you got the ability to turn the game into this film grain, black and white filter, turn on your Japanese voice track, and then now you've got yourself a classic Seven Samurai style cinematic experience. Yeah, it's um, it definitely it's. I think that's something. I don't know about the subtitle part, but with the uh, the black and white like film grain, I that's something I'm definitely gonna try out just to see what it looks like. Like I'm gonna overall, I'm gonna want to see the color just because that's just 
I don't know, just something visually that I enjoy. But I do want to see what that black and white looks like, and even to see like, like the blood and how that looks like when it's like just like I don't know, like black blood or whatever. It'll be great if it's black yes. and white, and then like red blood just comes off of the character. <laughs> Ooh, that would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be so stylish. Yeah, but um, I mean, I mean, this might do for video game. This might do for black and white what Cuphead did for color when it came out with that like '50s art style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that throwback feel. Um, just appealing more to the nostalgia. Yeah, I, I, I would say like overall, like just watching this entire state of play. One cool that they gave, they devoted just an entire state of play to Ghost of Tsushima. Eighteen minutes of raw gameplay raw in your area um raw. <laughs> yeah and uh it just sealed the deal like okay yeah this is definitely the game that i i plan on buying um especially like just hearing the reactions before even watching it it's like all right let's see what these motherfuckers are talking about and also let's just see if there's anything if there's anything to what they're saying if there's any validity to their criticism and as i'm watching it i'm sure for them the validity is there but for what i'm looking for and and what i want from this game it seems to be everything that i want it to be uh i mean just putting everything aside for you personally what is it about this game that appeals to you like just before you even saw the gameplay it's very simple it's not a long list for the longest time all I've wanted was an open world samurai game. Here it is. I'm happy. Yeah, and I, 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 that's exactly what. That's it was all me. it takes. <laughs> you know, for me, it was like open world samurai game, and it could have been anybody. It's like, oh, Insider Punch is doing it even better. All right, cool. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, and then all I needed, like, it wasn't even I really needed to see the game. But, like, the more I see the game, it's like, oh, yeah, this is everything that I wanted to be and then some. And so, yeah, it's just sealing the deal that it's for sure a day one purchase for me that I'm going to clear the table. Um, I'm not going to let any game, not even Last of Us 2, get in the way of me playing this game right when it comes out. So, I mean, I, I'm there. It's, I'm sold. You can't tell me otherwise. Can't tell me nothing. Looking for the puddles. The puddles might not be there, but the game is still great. <laughs> AMC, you're going off right now. <laughs> nah, yeah. Um, but um, what did you... Not what, 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 what have you been hearing about? Uh, what, what's the chatter been like? Uh, the reviews seem kind of mixed. The community is... I don't know, man. People are looking for all kinds of things. Some of us are happy. Others are not. We got a few of the ones who are not. <laughs> So as you guys know, this is troll of the week. Troll, troll of people the week. People coming sideways to Ghost of Tsushima. They can't figure out what they like, what they need. So we got a few of them for you here. First troll says, only Sony game on PS4 that looks decent, in my opinion. Horizon could have been better if it had decent female characters. <laughs> so I actually gave Sushima a compliment and just needed some reason to hate on Horizon. Uh, next troll talking about Ghost of Sushima. He said female characters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't play any games without decent female characters. What if, but here's the thing is, what if 
he's super SJW, and it's like, oh, this woman isn't a strong enough woman for me. <laughs> yeah. She's not decent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what else you got? Next troll says, disgusting. <laughs> Next troll says, oh, well, this is disappointing. It was just an Assassin's Creed ripoff with the boringness of world exploration of Red Dead 2. First of all, Red Dead 2's exploration was fantastic. Second of all, this is not an Assassin's Creed ripoff. Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft, as we know, let the record show, had no intention whatsoever of doing an Assassin's Creed in Japan. So that alone eliminates the Assassin's Creed comparisons. You want to compare this to a more of a parallel, you want to go with Sekiro, you want to go with Neo, you, and even then, it doesn't compare to those. It seems to be carving out its own niche. Uh, a lot of people are giving it the Assassin's Creed ripoff, copy, paste, rap. A-Dub doesn't see it. Next show says, about as generic as it can get. Another copy-paste open-world snorefest. Copy-paste. Yeah. Uh, where was it copied from yeah, <laughs> that's I, what i, I want to know i didn't see uh, like, i didn't says, see a bunch of fetch quests like just like people telling you hey go and get this item and bring it back to me <laughs> i didn't see no escort missions yeah next show says better than the last of us two that's for sure so this, two, two games can't exist yeah. there can only be one <laughs> Next show says, seven years, and this was the garbage they showed. Where is the combat? AMC, can you tell me, where was the combat? Well, there was two sections of combat, actually. They broke it down into stealth and straight-up hand-to-hand combat. And in case you wonder, yes. there's also bow and arrows, there's kunais, there's smoke bombs. There's <laughs> a little bit of everything in this game. Firecrackers for <laughs> distraction. <laughs> yeah, it's... And I can I can kind of see where this guy's coming from. They're they're poking fun at the single hit system, which people think that the game that's all it's that. comprised of. Yeah, no, you're watching somebody who's been playing this game for years, playing it in order to get a proper run for demonstration purposes. This isn't a gameplay deep dive, and they know exactly what they're doing. So they're likely going in there hitting them with the one-hit kills, getting through, showing people the dismemberment, the visuals, the physics. It, it, you'll see. You'll it, see. But, like, it's also... I mean, like, I read... Uh, last year, I read Musashi. And it's, like, a, a fictional, like, retelling of his story. And a lot of the fights were handled in one blow. And, like, that's just how it goes. It's not like, all right, this, this drawn-out thing where it's like, I got off my slice... Now, now the fight continues. Like there were a couple of those fights when it came to say a really strong enemy, maybe like a boss battle. But for for the most part, as he came across like the sub bosses or just the regular minions, it's a one shot kill. And so, the, yeah, they were showcasing a lot of that. We didn't really see a boss battle in this game in this uh, gameplay reveal. So yeah, I, we I, didn't I, even see a tough battle. It was just like cannon fodder enemies. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, they they showed little glimpses of how the moment to moment combat may be, but it's as we mentioned earlier, it's not the entirety of the combat. 
I'm looking forward to the threads from people when they try to play this game, like hack and slash, and they're going in there, or they're trying to do the timing-based one-hit kill system, and their timing is off how upset they're going to be about how difficult it is to play the game the way it was advertised. It's false advertising, AMC. And yet the game will be easier than oh, we'll see. But yet the game will be easier than Sekiro, and they won't acknowledge that. Hey, this game is actually accessible. <laughs> well, this combat is too tough, even on normal. I'm playing yeah. on easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> game is trash. <laughs> Next troll says, "Meh." Looks like a wannabe Assassin's Creed. Uh, Next troll says, "Damn, looks more generic than I was hoping. Seems like a reskinned Assassin's Creed." <laughs> And the last show says, open world, boring junk. This is what gaming has become. The question is, which Assassin's Creed? Because the last one, the gameplay, or at least the reveal that we saw, it's all about your axe and throwing your axe, <laughs> which is a completely different style of combat to sword combat. <laughs> also, like There's there, also going to be survival elements. Yeah, there's a uh, was Assassin's Creed the new one Valhalla has like raids from your from your longshore boat. <laughs> like there's all these you're going to have a settlement yeah. where you first of all there's boats. Yeah. You have a settlement where you have uh, a tattoo guy and other other shops that you have to maintain. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is nothing like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Uh, you see a guy in third person swinging a sword. It's Assassin's Creed all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> because it, here's the thing: because the guy, it's not it's not fantasy, so you can't say it's Elder Scrolls or Witcher. And so the next the next move is or the sidestep is in Assassin's Creed. No, it's just Assassin's Creed. Right. I played this game already. <laughs> then on the the last troll here saying open world boring junk. This is what gaming has become. <laughs> no, this is not what gaming has become. This is what gaming is, and it's trying to move gaming forward. At the same token, these aren't all the games that exist, man. Go play what you want. Ghost of Tsushima isn't the only game coming out. It isn't the last game coming out. So, no, this is not what gaming has become. And even if it was what gaming has become, I'll take it in a heartbeat because I've been waiting for a cinematic open world experience of this nature, especially once it gets to the the clanging and the banging with the swords. I'm pumped. I'm ready. AMC, how do you feel? This is what game. Like you just look at like the 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 exclusives and limited exclusives that have come out, Death Stranding, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then you got Last of Us Two and then Ghost of Tsushima. Those games aren't I wouldn't say any of those games are exactly knockoffs of the other game. <laughs> So to say that this yeah. is what gaming has become, it's like, compared to what? <laughs> right, there's I mean, so I've played half games. a dozen different games in the past few months alone that came out in all kinds of different years. Yeah. <laughs> Playing Bioshock right now, I finished Void Bastards, which has a first-person element, but also has elements from like FTL and Out There. Uh, beat Divinity, which is a tactical turn-based RPG playing Divinity Two, what uh, I mean, just so so much I've done with my life, and dudes are just caught up on one genre, one franchise, and that's all they think everything is. You know, we make the mistake of 
taking his argument seriously because on the flip side, if this is what gaming has become, we're both day one this game. And so that's not such a bad thing if this is what gaming has become. <laughs> got, got my collector's edition pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if this is what gaming has become, I'm not I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of, there was there was an interesting article that came out earlier this week about how well the gaming industry is doing. So you know how people the week, tend to top remark topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Hey, is it? No, it's not the marching PD. But there was some article. I can't find it right now, but I read enough of it where it said, you know, whenever people say things like, oh, this is the worst generation ever. It's, it's no games. It's nothing. It's terrible. Last month was the highest grossing month in gaming history. Something like almost $11 billion in sales of games and gaming occurred last month. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I got your text. It says uh, first quarter 2020 was the highest in U.S. history, reaching $10.86 billion. Oh, sorry. First three months. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So the first three months, which is used to be the throwaway months, remember, A-Dub <laughs> in gaming? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Nothing comes out in January. It's always slow. Yeah. Waiting for the summer games. Yeah, and, and, and it's exceeded. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, people are out. I mean, people—they're not out. That's part of the problem. But people are just completely well, it's part consuming. of the solution. <laughs> yeah, people are consuming. People are staying sane by playing video games. So it's actually playing a, it's playing a service in the mental health of our society. I'll say. <laughs> Exactly. A segment. Of I'm wondering how many new gamers are going to emerge from this quarantine. Just people who normally wouldn't have put any time or energy into video games that are now because they're they have no other choice but to sit down and slow down. How many of them are escaping into these virtual worlds where they where they can be outside and be free? Well, yeah. I mean, I had mentioned in a previous episode. Uh, there is the NBA 2K tournament with all the actual NBA players selecting teams. This is all broadcast on ESPN with the players also talking trash to each other uh, in the recording. So this is something that um, NBA players are playing in in spite of their season being suspended. And then uh, I'd heard that also like baseball was doing something with um, modern war. Uh, I think it's Warzone. So uh, the the Call of Duty Warzone, the free to play version of the game. Um, they had. Oh well, um, damn! Also, uh, anybody could get in. Yeah. So the baseball players are also having a, a tournament, like obviously for charity and everything. Um, so it's like all these all these people that would be normally right now playing their sports are actually jumping into gaming. There was the i racing for NASCAR that was being aired on Fox. So yeah, like it's they're they're retreating to gaming for content. Uh, so a lot of people are actually playing a, a ton of video games right now that normally wouldn't at this point. That's awesome. Yeah. Our little family is growing it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, next topic of the week. Top topic of, of the, the week. week. Um, you know, let's stick with the PlayStation. Do you have that, the PlayStation, the studio thing? Do you have that pulled up? Oh, you just oh, I got it pulled up. Yes. So just some minor news. Uh, PlayStation Studios will launch 
the PlayStation Studios brand alongside PlayStation 5. So coming from GameIndustry.biz, Sony has developed a new umbrella brand to unite its first party titles. The PlayStation Studios brand will go live in PlayStation 4 and 5 games later this year. It will only be featured on games developed and managed by Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios organization. Uh, some comments from Eric Limpel, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Marketing at Sony Interactive Entertainment, says, we really are excited about this. Over the last few years and even the last decade, the strength of the titles coming out from our studios has been stronger than ever. We've been thinking about how we unite all these great games under one brand, and really the purpose of that is to make the consumer understand that when they see this brand, they're getting ready for a robust, innovative, deep experience that they've come to expect from games coming from PlayStation. So we came up with PlayStation Studios. You've seen the animated asset. Oh, wait a minute. Nope, not that part. We think this is a good way to let consumers know that if they see it in the quality games they've come to expect from us are here, and this brand will exist for well-known existing franchises as well as brand new franchises we have yet to explore. Well, personally, this changes nothing for me, but it would be nice just to see more of a unified logo so that when you see it, it's not just like, oh, Naughty Dog, that's a first-party studio. It's just like you can see the PlayStation Studios logo and, oh, oh that's an exclusive. That's a first-party game. It doesn't really matter who made it because it's probably going to be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it harkens back to the uh, Nintendo seal of approval that we used to see on those cartridges. Um, and and their stringent review process. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, and I also I can see this playing – uh, a part is especially with um cross platform um being that like uh, i believe it was um MLB the show their uh their exclusivity deal um it, it uh, ended and so now it's going to be on multiple consoles uh i believe starting next year and so with that like if somebody's going to buy it on Xbox then they see this PlayStation logo on their cartridge just as a reminder you know who developed this game, so don't get it twisted. Um, and we saw, like, with this generation, with Microsoft putting games on um, on the Switch with Cuphead and Ori and the Blind Forest, you want, uh, Microsoft had set up their Xbox Studios as a reminder of um, all the different developers that work under them. So it's really, if anything, following suit um, from Sony just wanting to get everything under one umbrella, uh, especially branding-wise, to let people know if you're getting an exclusive, it's got that PlayStation seal of approval. So it, it, it makes sense just from a, a marketing standpoint and also from a corporate standpoint. I'm saying, man, I'm saying. Yes. Um, all right, and then we got we got some quick hits here before we close on out, unless you got something else. Uh, Iron Man VR got a date yeah, no, in <laughs> Oh wow! Yes, the uh, greatest VR game of all time. Yes, people were wondering. They're like, "Oh, like Last of Us got a date. Where is Iron Man's date? Or is Sony trying to bury this game?" Nah, they're not, because it's coming out July third, right before July fourth. So you could be the Iron Patriot on on Fourth of July, flying through the skies as Iron Man. 
Oh, um, you can? No, I'm just talking shit. <laughs> that uh, would be great, though. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the last topic I have, this coming from Nintendo, we have a new game announcement, this being a new Paper Mario. So this pulled from VentureBeat. Oh. Paper Mario, the Origami King, debuts July 17th with an all-new story and characters. Paper Mario, the Origami King, brings back the two-dimensional plumber from the previous games. This time, however, he is fighting an origami menace. Mario will also have a new partner named Olivia. She is a good piece of origami, just in case you got a little prejudice. On the gameplay Mm -hmm. side of things, Mario will also acquire the 1,000-fold arms ability, that 1,000-hand slap, 1,000-fold arm ability. That gives the hero extendable... Death by 1,000 cuts. (laughs) Yeah. uh, This gives the hero extendable arms for solving puzzles and more. So yeah, um, just wanted to bring this out because the the latest Nintendo exclusives have been absolutely killing it. Love um, Luigi's Mansion, as I stated earlier. Uh, Animal Crossing came out. It's just been a commercial success beyond Nintendo's even expectations. I think I saw an article that said like uh, they've already hit like their their expectations for um, lifetime sales or something along those lines for Animal Crossing. So it's like all gravy from this point on. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so yeah, and then Paper Mario. Um, it's funny. I listened to shows, and there were there's uh, there's some little scuttlebutt about like, oh, like it's so upsetting that we haven't heard about any new um, Switch titles coming out. Like they haven't announced any things. And so I did a little research here after they announced um, this Paper Mario, and a lot of it had to do with the uh, Nintendo's really trying to figure out now that they're work from home how they're going to put together these directs. And so this one obviously just released in just a it just uh, released in like just a, a video clip. <laughs> it just they they put it out there on uh, their youtube page and that's how people found out about this game or they found out through social media as opposed to tuning into a direct for like a huge announcement um but um yeah i'm assuming once they get things kind of figured out they get these processes figured out for work from home then we'll start to see the return to form with these directs but i mean just because you're not hearing an announcement doesn't mean that they're not working on games if anything now it's kind of cool that you just got an announcement for a game that's going to come out in like in two months <laughs> so um yeah I'm, I'm pretty excited i already showed marissa the uh the the trailer and she's on board so this is going to be a future pur- purchase for myself um you got anything I mean, else? dub is on board man if you yeah. look at that game that art style is like you were playing in in living world of paper sculptures it's out of this world i don't know how nintendo has developed these engines and and these art styles but even what was it um that woolly world yeah with the the woolly world yoshi's woolly world i think (laughs) kirby was yeah kirby and the epic thread or something (laughs) yeah yeah something Uh, like that and now we have the origami world with mario is it's insane what they're able to accomplish, man. And it just lets you know that realistic graphics or even like these high res, high definition, like cartoony anthropomorphic graphics, it's visuals aren't confined into this tight space where they can only be so many things. I mean, we still get cell shaded games and now with Nintendo constantly upping the bar with new and original art directions but it the sky is not the limit 
it is merely the first resting stop onto the limit, which is deep space, next <laughs> galaxy, yes. next world. I they're hitting it out the park. I sincerely hope that the origami Paper Mario is going to be a fantastic game in itself as far as gameplay and content. And a little bonus information, I believe it comes out on the same day as Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, so yeah. will we see will we see fan bases divided or will we see another unification in the same vein as Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal? Are, yeah, are you going to see Paper... Was it Paper Gin? <laughs> oh! Yeah, and that's that's the perfect marriage, too, because Ghost of Tsushima with origami is is all <laughs> Japanese, baby. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I love that. Samurai Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Ghost, there a Ninja Mario? Ghost Mario. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I couldn't put... Like, I'd have to really think about it. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe A Dub will be the one to kick off the the fan art crossover. Yes, <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you can get the uh, the draw the draw. Was it draw draw lie? <laughs> draw you lie? Some get, get my name. Get that hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. You got anything else, A Dub? Before we get out of here, I'm I'm all out. Yes, well, the State of Play gave us... What about us, you? Nah, I mean, I had some questions, but State of Play gave us plenty of content. We're at the hour mark, so I say we call it a week, and we show back up with that thunder next week, eh, Dev? Calling it a week. Call, calling call it a, a week. week. Lose control issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. We are control issues. Thanks for playing. So... so-